Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Missouri Tigers today, mostly men's and women's basketball, with a little football thrown in. On today's show, you'll hear my interviews with new men's coach Dennis Gates and women's coach Robin Pinchton. I had a chance to catch up with both of them at their Tiger Club appearance at the Westport Flea Market late last week. But before you hear from the coaches, star columnist Vahe Gregorian, who recently wrote a terrific piece on Dennis Gates, discusses Mizzou hoops with a little bit of football thrown in as well. So let's get started. Hey, Vahe, by the way, will be speaking at the Tiger Club Luncheon next Tuesday, November 8th. You should get down there to see him. Happy Halloween, Vahe. <laughs> Thanks, Blair. I, I really wish that uh, people could see the masks that uh, we, we came into this with, but now we'll peel off our masks on this Missouri thing. And you're not kidding. We actually did don masks to uh, to greet each other <laughs> this morning. That's pretty pretty sad of us, actually, I think. <laughs> so, hey, um, you and I had the opportunity to visit the Tiger Club, special Tiger Club, on Thursday night, last Thursday night. Uh, the guests were uh, women's basketball coach Robin Pinchton and men's basketball coach Dennis Gates, and I thought we had, uh, I thought they were terrific in their uh, their their presentations to the Tiger Club, and then the Q and A session. Uh, they were both on stage together for that. Anyway, I thought it was fun, and you've had occasion to spend some time with the new Missouri men's basketball coach uh, recently, and I'm just wondering what your what your initial impressions of them were. Yeah. Well, first of all, I agree with you. I felt like they did uh, command the room. Robin, I've noticed over the years, really can do that. Um, she's got a, a, a just kind of blunt but fun way about her. Um, so I, I enjoyed getting to see her, too. And, you know, regarding Dennis Gates, I, I felt really lucky to spend this chunk of time with him this summer because you know, and I know, I mean, and, and our audience certainly knows that there's so many different layers to these onions and you don't really get to see um, every dimension to somebody, well, ever, but but just in these sort of uh, like a news conference with media, right? So sitting down with them in his office was one thing. Seeing him there taking questions from fans and engaging with fans, it's another thing. And one of the things I guess I'd say that has stood out to me in the in the couple, three up closer uh, times with him was just he does have an ability to to bring you in um I, and I I didn't I don't know that I necessarily picked up on that in his first news conference he did in Columbia I remember feeling like well he's saying all the right things and um the, the stuff you have to say is gonna it's gonna win the press conference but seeing that at a more granular level with how he uh how he can uh interact with people is I think more telling and it, it was one thing at the Tiger Club because I, th I think it was a multi-person uh, view and and I thought came off well but I, I just liked talking to him I found that he uh, I thought he was uh, deeper than I might have expected um, in my time with him and I I, I thought that uh, he, it's clear to me he puts a lot of thought into every element of what he does um and he he is serious that one of the things that uh one of his coaches <laughs> told me was they used to call him the sheriff you know when he was like 16 because he was so serious like other players were complaining about him <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff's too serious 
I mean, I think it was Quentin Richardson complaining about him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, huh. Um, but he's, he's certainly not humorless. Um, and th the last thing I'll say in this, this ramble part, Blair, is just that um, I've told you this, and I think I use it this way in the piece I wrote. I've never in 35 years or whatever of doing this had a uh, a session with a, a person who just decided every time he was talking about a person in his life, he was going to just call him up. And so we ended up, I was grateful he had so much time because he ended up just, you know, calling three or four of his uh, youth coaches, called his mom four times. Um, I didn't put this in the column, but I thought it was cute. His mom's name's Shirley. And he, he'd say, Shirley, it's your, it's your son. She'd say, it's mama, not Shirley. And he'd say, Shirley. And then call her again and say the exact same thing. And you could see her roll. You could picture her rolling her eyes. It was a cute relationship. That's great. Oh man, I had a chance to speak to him after the uh, after he spoke at Tiger Club, and you'll hear that after you and I finish talking. Um, I told him that, and this this was true. You know, you mentioned your column, and he certainly emphasized it during his. Uh, press conference, uh, introductory press conference, and I've heard him allude to it again. I, I've never seen a coach who didn't have literally anything to do with the school before he came here uh, embrace the, the 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 past, the traditions, um, Norm Stewart and um, the coaches that came after Norm. Um, I, I've heard I've heard new coaches sort of pay lip service to it, but. But uh, Dennis Gates has reached out and made sure that he, you know, said he contacted and, and talked to all the succeeding coaches from from Norm, except for Quinn Snyder, who Huey attempted to uh, contact, but just never couldn't get a hold of him. But you know, from from Kim uh, Kim Anderson to Mike Anderson, Frank Hayes, I'm getting the order wrong, of course, but uh, and even Conzo Martin, which I thought very interesting here that that doesn't often conversations like that don't often happen, but. Uh, but Dennis Gates made sure to talk to Conzo Martin, the person he replaced. So I thought I just I just thought that was interesting about about Dennis Gates. Yeah, totally agree. And I think you got uh, more depth into that than uh, than than I have. I so what what's clear to me is that uh, he thought each of those speaking with each of those people uh, was was important in its own way. Interesting about Conzo, you know, they didn't overlap it at Cal Berkeley. But they they both had some some uh, past there, and the morning I spoke with Leonard Hamilton a few a few days after I spoke with Coach Gates the first time, uh, we got talking a little bit about Conzo, and Leonard Hamilton goes back with with Conzo says says they're they're really close, so you see a little bit of the web there, um, and even <laughs> the web it's kind of funny, he's not really elaborated on it too much to me, but. Uh, he made it known during his first news conference that, you know, Norm had recruited him. Um, sounds like over time that, that, that maybe, uh, was, was just a sort of basic, uh, you know, maybe there was a letter sent out or one phone call. It wasn't, I don't think they're doing the heavy press. Right. Um, but he also, what was unclear to me whether he got the offer at Missouri, but he, but he made a point of saying he really wanted to get away, get away and go to California. Um, but I, but I, I like what it says about him. To your, to your point, that he thinks uh, knowledge is power. Um, and I, I also like how respectfully he's spoken about each of those guys. I mean, 
it's really too bad it didn't work out with Kim. It's really too bad it didn't work out with Conzo. What 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 great men? What what people you wanted to see succeed? Um, and I I I just like that. I think Dennis kind of honors their time there by by you know giving them the value of that. Right, right. Um, so in my conversation after the uh, the presentation last week, I try to get I, I try to get Dennis to talk a little bit about the team because one thing that we <clears throat> you you've talked to him and and I've had conversations and but he doesn't say much about this year's team and I, I there's a reason for that I don't I don't think he's being um, you know cagey about it I just think he doesn't know it, there's so many newcomers it's, it's a team that's going to be built around Kobe Brown. Um, you know, the, the, the returning st standout player for Missouri. And um, uh, he just, he just does not know much about this team. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll know more this week. There, there's a media opportunity that I'll attend on Wednesday in Columbia and we'll get to talk to the players. I couldn't tell you who the starters are going to be, um, you know, besides Kobe Brown and, um, but, he he has got um, he's got a lot of work to do in front of him. The team was picked eleven to finish eleventh out of fourteen teams. Although the Ken Palm ranking has Missouri forty first nationally, which is pretty interesting, and eighth in the SEC. So um, uh, a lot of curiosity about this team uh, going into the season. Yeah. So, so well, Vahe, I want to get to one other point real quick. Um, and because because I'll know I'll forget this. You're speaking at the Tiger Club here pretty soon. But what's your date on that? Uh, it's next Tuesday. Ah, uh, next Tuesday. What do you, have you done speak? my speech yet? <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, that would be uh, November eighth. Is that right? Yeah, November eighth. So which is an interesting time, right? Because it comes. I think Missouri will get an exhibition game in later this week too against WashU. WashU on Friday. I think it's Friday they get WashU. And then uh, closing in on, I think it's Southern Indiana and and the uh, the huge rivalry with the Penn Quakers. <laughs> um, I only can hope they'll schedule App State soon so we can complete the circuit of uh, our alum yeah. uh, uh, stuff. But, um, you know, it's an interesting time in football all of a sudden, too. And um, I know I know you wanted to take yeah. us into that a little bit yeah a little bit I, and you'll have um you'll have another game uh will have been another game will have been played by the time you speak at the tiger club and now that'll be the the home game against kentucky on on saturday 11 a.m kickoff all of a sudden missouri's got a little bit of a winning streak here they've won two straight sec games vanderbilt two weeks ago and then uh, i think their most impressive victory of the season at south carolina on saturday uh, this Missouri defense has been outstanding all year long under uh, coordinator uh, Blake Baker. He is uh, he's done a, a terrific job with this defense. They've got some dudes on that side of the ball, but I think for the first time against South Carolina, quarterback Brady Cook and the offense came to play. And when when Missouri puts it together like it did on Saturday, this is the team that in I think in the preseason we thought uh best version right and the best version of missouri could win you know seven eight nine games and and maybe be in the race for the sec east into the last you know, you know into november anyway they sort of took themselves out of that by losing their first three sec games all one score games but gosh that team that showed up at columbia south carolina on saturday 
mighty impressive. Well, you're right. They had that wobbly start and, you know, enough of a wobbly start that you kind of wondered, are they going to blossom more through this season and, you know, find themselves a little bit. And the defense, as you point out, is giving them a chance, right? And if you get just some nice uptick in that offense and some consistency, um, then, then, you know, it's more than just a chance. I mean, you're, you, they've been in basically every game. I mean, it, 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 and with chances to win with, uh, a little more disciplined play, uh, a, a turn of fortune here or there. So, um, you know, we've seen this time and time again in sports and there's no assurance, but once you have a couple of things uh, like that, you sweep them behind you and you keep playing and, and you find like, the, oh, we do have the goods. Obviously that informs your mindset going into the next game and, and it's a huge part of the game. So I, I'm looking forward to this last segment of the season from them. Yep, they're four and four, and they need to find two more victories in their last four games to become bowl eligible. I think they're uh, one of those games is a home game against New Mexico State, which is as much of a gimme as as they have left. If they can find a victory in their three SEC games, Kentucky at Tennessee, and then home against Arkansas, um, Missouri will go bowling, and that didn't seem likely uh, just a, a few weeks ago. So. Uh, good on Eli Drinkwitz and, and the football program. We'll see where it goes from here. Okay. Hey, Vahe, appreciate the conversation. We're going to hear from Missouri men's basketball coach, Dennis Gates, and then women's basketball coach, Robin Pinchton. I got to talk to both of them after their appearance at the Tiger Club last Thursday. The Tiger Club is where Vahe is going to be speaking on November 8th. Get down there, have a, uh, have a burger at the Westport Flea Market, and listen to Vahe. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Blair. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Okay, now let's hear from the coaches, Dennis Gates and Robin Pinchton. As Vahe and I were saying, both coaches were informative and entertaining at the Tiger Club, and I think you'll enjoy our conversations, starting with Dennis Gates. I noticed that you haven't been specific much about the team. It's just a, it's still a, a form trying to get, you know, some, it's trying to get formed, I guess, is the best way of putting it. I think the way a season uh, calcifies itself is by going through things. We don't have a starting lineup right now because we hadn't had our first out of team experience, meaning exhibition or even our closed scrimmage, uh, which we'll have this weekend. I'm excited to see who we are after that. It's most important that I know we have several pieces. Uh, we have experience. We have guys that have had positive assisted turnover ratios. We have guys that have won accolades. We have guys that have been on 20 win teams. We have guys that have been in all SEC second team. 
what I think stands out is what do those things look like when we put them in one melting pot, right? What comes about when we put it in whatever uh, time machine? I would love to have that question answered. Uh, I think ultimately that answer to that question for everyone in the NCAA is in April 1st, April 3rd. Uh, we all have our goals set high, but it's going to be a process in building um, our program back to where I think it can go. I'm not here to forecast our season. I'm here to tell you we're going to give our very best every day. Our players are going to do that. I'm excited to see what's on the side of that consistency. Do, do you have and have you played a certain number of rotation? Are you an eight, eight deep, nine deep, ten deep? Uh... No. I hadn't, I hadn't done such. I think we have talent. I think we have talent, but we don't have talent that's proven at this level. We have talent in terms of experience, in terms of skills, in terms of statistics, in terms of what they've done in their previous programs and how important they are. We have great people. We have guys that are graduates from institutions. We have guys that are in grad school. We have guys that have assimilated into the Columbia culture, Mizzou culture, very, very seamlessly. We just don't know who they are until that whistle comes, until the referees come, until the fans come, until the smell of popcorn enters the Mizzou arena. And that aroma will tell us it's time. And I'm excited to see who we are. I'm excited, but also with where we have come from. We've all come from different walks of life. And here we are with a blank canvas. And we want to just paint our own picture and see what that looks like once we're done. So it's a little different this year then for, for you, as opposed to the last couple of years at Cleveland State, where you, you said you didn't lose people in the portal. So you mm -hmm. kind of had the same group or you worked with the same group. You've got so many different – well, yeah. first of all, you're coming into a new job, so you didn't yeah. know any of the guys. But then you're – these guys are, all, as you said, coming from different places. They're all yeah. different classes but they've and all, ages. But they've all been identified as guys who have – at a predisposed level are A-Core values. When I've either seen them play on film or did my research, they've come from great coaches. They've come from great programs. We'll, I'm excited to see who they'll be when they have allowed our logo at Mizzou to define them. But one thing travels, that's hard work, that's sacrifice, and these guys have been given that every day. I'm excited about the staff. I'm excited about what we have cultivated as a culture and community with our basketball program. It starts with our leadership, President Moon Choi, uh, our athletic director, Desiree Reed Francois. They have done a great job. Um, our coaches, Eli Drinkowicz, but also Robin Pinchton, they've been helpful in my transition along with our other coaches in our athletic department. It takes a village. I just hope and pray that our tradition understands who they are. Our tradition is our former players. It's our former coaches. It's our former student athletes. But it's our season ticket holders who pack the arena and make it a hostile environment to play with. It takes a village to build a program. Uh, and we're in our infant stages. And we're going to build it together. I don't think I've ever heard of a coach embrace the schools, a new coach embrace the school's tradition that he didn't have anything to do with, like you have really? with, with Missouri. Well, it's easy to embrace something special. And this place has been special to so many people. I mean, you look at it, it's a power five institution, the only power five institution in the state. I've met so many generational graduates of this institution, meaning fifth generation, third generation, fourth. I've never been a part of something like that before. It's magical. 
but it's magical when we all give our very best at the same time, not in spurts, not when faith is, is at its low, but we give it all at the same time and trust each other and, and now build it together. It's easy, it's easy to be responsive. It's not easy to always build. I just ask all our fans to give me one thing. Give me a sold-out arena every home game. Just give me that. Please give me that. I don't care if it takes two hours to get there or 45 minutes. These young people deserve it. And we together have to put this and build this reconstructed, not rebuild, but reconstructed and put it at its rightful place. Where Norm, where Quinn, where Mike Anderson, where Frank Hayes, where Kim Anderson and Conzo have spent their blood, sweat, and tears trying to put it back to. Here I am now in this transaction, transitional career. Our tradition hasn't graduated. Our tradition hasn't left us because our fans are the tradition. We just ask them to hold tight and be a part of it. So, Masella, before Kansas. I don't, I don't look at it as a advantage if we're playing Kansas at home and it's the first time my players have a sold-out crowd. I don't see that as an advantage. Um, I respect it because it's a sold-out sold arena, but if that's a new environment for my players, what does that say about the games well before? What does that say about the games after? I want to be able to say that this isn't our environment. It's a, it's a home court advantage if it's the first time for the away team to play in that environment, not the home team. Uh, so for me, it's important that we get behind our program together, restore it, rebuild it, reconstruct it, and put it at its rightful place. I have the so, much, so much respect for Bill Self. His first boss was Leonard Hamilton. We share the same mentor. Those things are special. Uh, I respect everything he has done. He's had a Hall of Fame career and so much more uh, to come. But for me, our season isn't just that one game. It's, it isn't just the Illinois game, which is an unbelievable rivalry that takes place right before Christmas in St. Louis. A great rivalry. I think that environment is, is an environment for all sports fans, no matter the sport, to realize what a rivalry looks like. We talk about Duke and North Carolina. We talk about, you know, whether it's UCLA and USC, but the rival of you know, Mizzou men's basketball in Illinois, Mizzou and Kansas is great rivalries. Uh, it gives their invigoration uh, to our fans that they deserve. The support is there. But as a head coach, my season started long ago as soon as last season ended. My season, this season started as soon as I was named head coach at Mizzou. That's when I started to start the building and construction of this season. And just before we quit, just one thought on the local product, Aiden Shaw. Oh, Aiden Shaw. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, on the record, the amount of love that he has for this institution uh, and his parents' belief in me that uh, I could be in this stage of his life and push him toward his dreams and aspirations. Conzo Martin and his staff did a great job evaluating him. Uh, he's a wonderful player, great product. I truly think his energy, his enthusiasm, his athleticism, his growth thus far will, will allow him to be a special, special talent at Mizzou, uh, without a doubt, but also uh, do some things that will help us win some ball games. How about, let's start with a just a quick uh, thought on your team this season. What are your expectations? And we'll, then we'll get into the Northwest Missouri State game from last yeah. night in a minute. Yeah. 
Um, really excited about the season. It's been a really good um, six months um, post March 13th, 2022. Uh, and that date is posted in our locker room. You know, that was just probably one of my toughest days as a coach. You know, we we're so close and uh, really thought we had a chance to get to make that tournament. And um, it was just, it was heartbreaking. And we've just used that to, you know, fuel our fire. And, and we knew we had to clean some things up and get better in a lot of areas. But uh, couldn't be more proud of the girls that I'm working with. It's just a very connected team. Uh, that locker room, uh, we're same mission, same goals. Uh, they've been working extremely hard. Um, I think we're going to look a little bit different than we have in the past. We've added a couple, I think, really key pieces, and we've had some young kids that have really stepped up and have an opportunity in front of them, so we're excited about that. But uh, just love going to battle with them every day, and it's, uh, I'm a big believer in culture. Um, I just think that chemistry and that connectivity is so important, and uh, we've seen what happens when you have that. Um, and I think you can win at a really high level. We know the SEC is tough. It is every year, and I swear to goodness, every year I say I don't think it could get any tougher, and it does. And then pretty soon you also got Texas and Oklahoma hanging out there. So, um, But I love it. It's the best league in the country, and I love uh, competing in it year in, year out. How did, uh, how did March 13th impact the players and the, the returning players I mean, is, has yeah. it, it serves as a big motivation for, for them and coming back yeah I mean that one stung deep you know we felt like if we could get a win against Florida on the road I think they were ranked 14th or 15th that time uh, you know we had two huge signature wins and had been in some really close games and um, everything that we were hearing uh, was that you know we were we were going to get a spot and so then you have a little watch party and we kept it pretty intimate because you just never know so it was just players and staff and, um, you know, it was just as, as each uh, region got called and, you know, you're, you don't hear your name, it, it was hard. But I'm a big believer that diamonds are formed in the fires. And I think when you go through adversity, if you handle it correctly, um, you know, it, it can drive you to a level that you couldn't have went to without it. And so um, there's definitely some blessings in there. And it's been fun to see how it's uh, brought our team together even closer and, and uh, just really proud of the work that they put in in this offseason. Did you ever get a good explanation? Not, um, no, <laughs> um, you know, it's just so hard because that net uh, on the women's side isn't quite as clear cut as it is on the men's side. And so that's a little bit challenging. And then uh, there's like 12 to 14 criterias and everybody in that room can value one more than another. And it's just basically up to that individual in that, in that room. And so, um, no, but the bottom line is, you know, we put ourselves in that position, and the goal is to not put yourself in that position and solidify yourself uh, so there's absolutely no questions and you don't have to be crossing your fingers and saying your prayers on selection show. Right. How's this team going to be shaped differently? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, we've got a really good perimeter game returning, obviously, with um, Lauren Hansen and, and Haley Frank and Haley Troop, and, and Mamas will be our third, uh, third year starting point guard. She won a national, uh, she won a gold medal with her national team this offseason. So, again, another offseason of great experience for her. Uh, we've also added Caitlin Gilbert, who's a transfer from Notre Dame. She was a McDonald's All American in high school, and so a really elite level player. Uh, has battled some injuries the last couple years, and so really trying to manage load and kind of get her back into the flow of everything. But she's going to be really, really fun to watch when you know that all comes together for her, and she can really 
positionless basketball. She can play multiple positions. Jayla Kelly's had a really, really strong offseason. Um, not completely polished yet. Uh, obviously, there's no replacement for reps and experience, uh, but she's worked really, really hard this offseason. And so I think we're going to see some great things from her. Been really pleased with our freshmen. Uh, they've absolutely elevated that locker room. They've elevated practices, their work ethic, how competitive they are. So a lot of um, positive things from Caitlin and Ashton and Avery are three new players along with our returning players. So your first exhibition game, I saw the final score and I thought, well, I'm not terribly surprised. And then I saw how the game unfolded and I've never seen a team start the way you guys started this game. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just really appreciate them coming out and playing. And, you know, I think we're all just trying to look at different things, different rotations, different lineups. And, um, you know, we I just appreciated them coming out. Uh, I think defensively we have gotten better and we really needed to. That was a big point of emphasis over the last five, six months. Um, and. You know, we've got a couple of kids that I think elevate us from that standpoint. Caitlin's a really good defender. Avery Kroenke's a really good defender. And so it just it looks a little bit different with the addition of them and, and the work that our other kids have put in the offseason. But, um, you know, we didn't shoot the ball real well. Uh, we looked clanky at times on offense. Um, you know, we got away with some things defensively that we have got to clean up. And that's what's really nice. I mean, the thing that I love most about that is that you get to go back and uh, edit film and you get to watch it with the players because right now all we know is what we do against our scout team and we've got a really really tough scout team this year which is a um, compromised of a bunch of male practice players um, that have really challenged us their physicality their quickness high basketball IQ guys and so it's hard to really get a measuring stick of where you're at um, and, and then I always think, you know, you go back and watch film and you think, well, is that realistic what they're doing compared to what we're going to face? Um, so it's good to go against somebody else. And, you know, I think there's some good, some bad, and some ugly, and uh, just an opportunity to kind of evaluate and build off of. Have you done that before and used the male players in practice? I know Pat Summit was one of the first yeah. to do it. We have, but every year it's a little bit different with which guys that you get in and uh, because of class schedules. And, and we've got, uh, I don't like our schedule right now in regards to practices. We have to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the evening and then Tuesday, Thursdays at 8.30 in the morning. And that's really been hard, but uh, our kids are in some tough classes. And so I don't believe in saying, okay, you can't, you know, pursue this major because you have to be in practice. And so we try to kind of move around our practice times based on class schedules and availability. Um, but we got a really, really good group of scout guys this year, just really high IQ. And we've got size, we got physicality, we got quickness. So it's, uh, it's challenging our players big time. Um, but I think it's stretching us and it's going to make us better, um, you know, as we go through this season. Uh, just a quick thought, too, on how uh, NIL has changed the recruiting world and <laughs> um, a lot um, and I think it's still evolving um, you know I think every state's a little bit different yet and um, you know it's you whether you agree or disagree it's it's the new way and so you know you've got to embrace it and um, you know, my big thing is, though, I never want a, a player because I can bid higher than another school, you know, and, and obviously we can't bid on them, but you understand what I'm yep. saying. Um, you know, I'm, I, um, I understand having to adjust with times, but I'm also not going to lose my foundation, and my foundation is preparing my players to be successful in life and, and really pouring into them from that standpoint. And, um, you know, I think it's great for the, for the student-athletes, and it's 
uh, a great opportunity for them and we want to capitalize that on it to the best of our ability, but we also don't want it to be a distraction for what our team goals are and what we want to see happen in that locker room. That will do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production team of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Missouri basketball coaches Dennis Gates and Robin Pinchton for their conversations and to star columnist Vahe Gregorian for his chat. A morning sports edition was 48 pages today, and the Chiefs didn't even play this weekend. But you can read about the new Royals manager, Matt Quatrero, and all the NFL news, the aftermath of the college football weekend, and much more. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk all things sports in Kansas City.